Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today, we are going to be previewing the early slate of games for this Saturday's Week 3 college football action, going over some guys that you need to be looking at in DFS, whether it be on DraftKings or FanDuel this week. We've got a full weekly content schedule coming your way for football season. Today is the college football early episode. Tomorrow, we will be previewing the NFL Week 2 action with something I call buy or sell. And then on Friday, we are going to be previewing the late slate of college football games. Yep. Now that we're in football season, we've got a contest coming or a podcast coming your way pretty much every weekday. So make sure you stay tuned to the feed. Make sure you stay up to date. All of the podcasts will be about 20 minutes long. I never go too long. I want to make this something that you can listen to in a drive or a lunch break, um, not something that's going to dominate your whole day. If you are looking for any of my lineups or articles, head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. The college football lineups have actually been doing pretty well. If you've been using them, you probably have a profit so far this season. So if you're interested in those, go check them out. All right, let's get a quick word from our friends at Anchor, and then let's get into the picks. At the quarterback position this week, there is one name that stands out above the rest as the highest priced guy on the board, and that is Oklahoma QB Dylan Gabriel. So Gabriel continues to be the highest priced quarterback, even though he does not have the highest points per game, he does not have the best game log. His performance has actually been kind of average, like just, you know, solid. They're not going to kill you, but they're not going to win you a tournament either. Uh, In my opinion, these two games represent a very high floor. I don't see Dylan Gabriel ending a game with under 20 fantasy points in that Oklahoma offense. So he's a great cash game option. Now, one thing that I worry about with him this week, if you're trying to play him in a GPP tournament, is the fact that it makes so much sense to play him this week. Nebraska just gave up 45 points to Georgia Southern. If they gave up 45 to Georgia Southern, what do you think Oklahoma's going to do to him? This game does have the highest over-under of the day, and Oklahoma has the second highest implied total behind Ole Miss on this slate. So I think that a lot of people, because of all those things I just said, they're going to gravitate towards Dylan Gabriel. They're going to gravitate towards that Oklahoma offense because it makes so much sense to play them this week. So if you're looking to play Dylan Gabriel, I totally get it. He's got a super high floor, but he's going to be really, really highly owned. Next on the board is Jax Dart of Ole Miss. In my opinion, he is overpriced. Uh, Nothing in his performances this season or last season is indicative of this price. Ole Miss still wants to be a running football team. Yes, this game is likely to be a blowout. So if I play an Ole Miss Rebel, it would be running back Zach Evans. Uh, I just don't think I am interested in this passing game right now until Jax Dart shows me something that he's worth that $9,000 price tag on DraftKings. Next down the board, a guy I really like is Dorian Thompson-Robinson of UCLA. I am not worried about the week two performance from him. I think that they knew that they were going to be Alcorn State with whoever they had in at quarterback, and they knew that they could get away with resting him, so I'm not really concerned about that. Look, the Chip Kelly offense is incredibly friendly for quarterbacks, so uh, whether it be Marcus Mariota or Dorian Thompson-Robinson, like this Chip Kelly offense, like, it's very quarterback friendly. They're going to get a lot of plays off. They're they're going to be airing it out. They're going to be scoring a lot of points. So I think Dorian Thompson Robinson is a very, very good pick this week. Clayton Toon of Houston has been hit or miss. Um, I really, really like Toon heading into that Texas Tech game, and the Texas Tech defense was a little better than I expected. They, they, you know, kind of limited Toon. They didn't really let him hit the total that I thought he was going to hit. But this week he gets Kansas. 
who is the most shocking 2-0 team in the nation, in my opinion, because they're Kansas. So this is projected to be one of the highest scoring games on the slate. I don't know if Kansas is actually any good. So I don't know. I think Houston's going to have the ability to put up points. I wish that Toon had a better performance against Texas Tech. That'd let me feel a little bit better about playing him this week. But he is definitely an option, especially if you want to stack him with one of those Houston wide receivers. Austin Reed of Western Kentucky has been outstanding so far this season. Now, this is the first time where we've seen Western Kentucky where they're not projected to win in a blowout in the games where they're on DraftKings and FanDuel. So I think that he is definitely an option this week, especially if his team's going to be throwing the ball. He's been really good. He's been spreading the ball around to all his wide receivers. Uh, you know, I just, I really like Austin Reed this week, and I like the price tag he is at. Now, I mentioned this on Twitter week one against Oregon, but Stetson Bennett was the highest-priced quarterback on DraftKings for the week one early slate, and I thought that they were out of their minds for making Stetson Bennett the highest-priced quarterback. Like, he hadn't shown anything in his college career to be indicative of that title. Now, week one, he was incredible. He was running, he was throwing, he was putting up touchdowns all over the place, and he was making me look like a fool for saying that that, you know, he was overpriced. So I thought that, you know, that price would kind of continue on Stetson Bennett. Well, it really didn't. Stetson Bennett comes in with a, almost a $2,000 price drop-off on DraftKings from week one. And I got to say, that price tag's kind of tempting. I expect Georgia to be able to put up some points against South Carolina. Uh, you know, they're going to still run the ball. But, you know, if their game plan's the same as it was against Oregon, where they're going to be throwing in the red zone, Stetson Bennett's going to have opportunities to put up some touchdowns. And so that price tag is very tempting. I think he's going to be very low owned. So if you're looking for, you know, a guy that can give you some leverage on the field, I think Stetson Bennett is that option. Uh, and like I said, the $2,000 drop off, it's very interesting that they did that. But I kind of like Stetson Bennett this week, which is something I don't really say very often. Now, there are two quarterbacks slightly down the board that are in similar situations uh, this week, and that is Casey Thompson of Nebraska and Jalen Daniels of Kansas. Both are underdogs this week. Both are dual threats with limited passing ability. So they're not like going to be throwing the ball deep down the field uh, in either of these games with either of these two quarterbacks. Uh, and both of these games could turn into shootouts, the Oklahoma-Nebraska game and the Kansas-Houston game. So I definitely think that both of them are options. It's going to be whether you get which one right. Like, I think one of them is going to go off. I don't know which one. It might be both of them that goes off. Um, you know, and I definitely think if you're looking to conserve costs, you can try to get away with playing both in your lineups. I think they're both guys that you can kind of get away with not stacking because they don't really throw to one target and they do create points with their legs as well. Um, but I definitely think both of those guys are very viable options this week, especially at their price tags. Garrett Schrader of Syracuse has been outstanding to start the season. And now he gets to play Purdue, who, in my opinion, Purdue is not as good of a defense as Louisville. Louisville, like, they look terrible against Syracuse, but then they turn around and look great against UCF the next week. I don't know what happened to Louisville. But Purdue is not as good of a defense as Louisville. So I think Garrett Schrader is definitely going to have the ability to score points. The one thing we got to worry about with playing a Syracuse quarterback right now is the running back Sean Tucker has been great also. So if Sean Tucker's the one getting in the end zone, it's not going to be the quarterback that is putting it in the end zone. 
Now, we do have three bargain options at quarterback if you're looking to really save cost or, you know, if you run out of room for your super flex and need to fit these guys in, and that is Connor Bradley of South Alabama because I expect this South Alabama-UCLA game to be a shootout, especially if South Alabama's trailing. They're going to have to throw, and I think that, you know, that's a good opportunity to get some fancy points. It doesn't matter what the score is in fantasy football. Next up is Sean Clifford of Penn State. So this Auburn-Penn State game, when it was scheduled 10 years ago, you know, so like maybe Bo Nix's freshman year, that's a joke, obviously. It, it might have been Bo Nix's sophomore year. But um, when they scheduled this game, it was definitely more of a marquee matchup than it is right now. Uh, you know, there's not really a whole lot of hype behind this Auburn-Penn State game, but that kind of helps us out in fantasy football because it kind of cools off some of these names a little bit. They're not going to be super high owned. They're not going to be uh, the most analyzed options out there. And to me, for Sean Clifford, his game log exceeds his price. He's been very good so far this season, and his price tag has not kept up with that. I know the Auburn defense is good, but hey, somebody's got to score points. So I think that he's definitely an option, and at that price tag, he doesn't have to score a whole lot of points for you to pay it off. And then the last one is Drew Pine of Notre Dame. You know, Tyler Buckner did get hurt uh, at the near the end of that Marshall game. And so Drew Pine is going to be the starter for the Irish. And Cal is not a good defense. So while the Irish offense has looked like a disaster the first two weeks, I just, I don't know, I kind of trust that they're going to get things right. And I kind of trust that Cal is bad. So I think that Drew Pine is definitely an option. And much like what I said about Sean Clifford, he doesn't need that many points to pay off his price tag. So with all those quarterbacks, you should be able to find one in there that you like and you go with in your lineups this week and probably even a second one that you like and can put in that super flex position. Now, let's switch it to the ground game. Let's talk about running backs. The running back position this week has two names that stand above all the rest at the top, and that is Muhammad Ibrahim and Sean Tucker. Both are priced very highly, and they're there for a reason. They both have incredibly high floors because of the workloads that they're going to receive. Both of them are routinely over the 25 carry mark, which is like a lot for a college running back these days. And they both have really high ceilings because if they get in the end zone or if they break off a long run, which they, which they have the ability to do, they're going to score a lot of fantasy points. So if you're able to save salary elsewhere, those two guys are about as safe of an option as you could get and also have upside because of their ability to break off big plays and get in the end zone. Muhammad Ibrahim and Sean Tucker, both absolutely really good plays if you are able to fit them in at their high salaries. Kenny McIntosh of Georgia is a guy that I really like this week. So if you were to look at the Oregon game, I'm not looking at the Sanford game because of the game script. It was weird because they knew they were going to win. Uh, if you look at the Oregon game, Kenny McIntosh was the pass catching back and he was used in the red zone. Guess where the two most lucrative places to score for running back are in PPR fantasy football? That's right, as a pass catching back and in the red zone. So Kenny McIntosh is a guy that I like, and he's also, he's a really good athlete, so he's a threat to break off a big play at any time, and I think that, you know, Stetson Bennett checking it down to him is something that can happen, and I really like Kenny McIntosh for Georgia this week against South Carolina. Next up is Zach Charbonnet of UCLA. You know, like Dorian Thompson-Robinson, he set out the Alcorn State game. Dorian Thompson-Robinson set out most of it. Charbonnet set out the whole game. And, you know, at the time they said it was an undisclosed injury, but now he's insisting that he's good, he wasn't injured, and so it looks like they just kind of 
pulled a Kawhi Leonard load management type deal. But anyway, I'm not concerned about that. He is a guy that is going to see a lot of carries. He's a really good running back, and he is favored against South Alabama, which means that the game script should mean that UCLA leans on the run a little bit more than they usually do. Also, his price is down, which I found really weird. You know, the price, yes, because he sat out the game against Alcorn State, but the price is lower than it was for week one. So I'm definitely all over Zach Charbonnet and trying to get him into my lineups. Now, the Nebraska Cornhuskers with fired coach Scott Frost, they might change up their offense slightly this, you know, the upcoming few weeks with, you know, the new head coach. But I don't know. It still seems no matter what offense they're going to run, Anthony Grant is the guy in that backfield. We didn't know who the guy was going to be before week zero, but Anthony Grant has now stepped up and been the guy. He's got back-to-back 20-plus carry games, which is something we really like to see, and he's been effective in those carries. So he's definitely a guy that I am really looking to fit in my lineups because I think this Oklahoma-Nebraska game is going to be a shootout. There's going to be a lot of points scored, and so Nebraska, if they're able to run the ball, Anthony Grant is going to be the guy that is going to be running it. Now, back on this Auburn-Penn State game, like I was saying about how, you know, there's kind of been a lot of attention away from it. Tank Bigsby, Auburn's running back, the price tag is down on him from where it was last week, which is incredible to me. He sees a huge workload. He's got a lot of upside. And I don't think Penn State is exactly the 85 Bears out there in terms of defense. So I really like Tank Bigsby at this price tag. I think he's got a really high floor, uh, and I really like his ability to pay off that price tag this week. Now, back to Kansas football, which is not a phrase I say a whole lot. Devin Neal, their starting running back, has had an incredible statistical start to the season. Like, he's putting up fantasy points in bunches in these wins that they've had. Now, granted, he doesn't have the biggest carry number in the world. You know, they run a lot with their quarterback, Jalen Daniels. But Devin Neal's been the one that's been getting in the end zone. And his price is as low as it's been all season. So, all he does is keep playing well, and his price just keeps going down and down. So, you know, like I said, this Kansas-Houston game is going to be a shootout. There are going to be some points scored. So why not target one of the running backs and, you know, maybe he gets in the end zone, you know, at, even if they're passing, the running back can still get in the end zone. Now, there are two guys down the board that I think will see a big workload, like they're their team's workhorse running back, but they're going against a tough defense. And so that kind of I don't know. They're going to be really, really low owned. If you want to take a chance on them, I get it, but they're definitely not safe options because there's always the chance that they end up with like 13 carries for 19 yards against the two defenses that they're playing against. And believe me, I'll explain. So the first is Marshawn Lloyd of South Carolina going up against that Georgia defense. Look, Georgia may have graduated eight guys into the NFL, but they just replaced them with eight more future NFL players. That defense is just incredible. Um, I, you know, Lloyd's going to get a lot of carries. They're going to try to run the ball. I don't know if they'll be able to, but he's going to get the carries. So if he's able to succeed with the carries, he's going to be able to pay off that price tag. And then the second one is Jaden Ott of Cal going up against Notre Dame. Notre Dame's defense has actually looked pretty good so far this year in the Ohio State game and in the Marshall game. Um, so I don't know. He's going to see a lot of carries. I don't think he'll have a lot of success. But like I said, if you're looking for a low-owned guy who's going to have a workload, both those guys are going to be options for you this week. All right, let's now switch it over and talk about wide receivers. When it comes to the wide receiver position this week, I really wasn't able to find as many guys as I like as I normally do. 
Um, I think that they've done a lot of price adjusting on these wide receivers as, you know, we kind of get more of a sample size from these teams. And I think that DraftKings is pricing these receivers a lot more aggressively. So I don't know. I just, there's a lot of guys here that I'm kind of lukewarm on. And when it comes to that wide receiver position, I'm, especially if you're playing in a tournament, I'm always going to be a proponent of stacking. So whatever quarterback you're playing, stacking with one, maybe even two wide receivers and, you know, make sure that if that offense goes off, you're going to have a lot of exposure to it. Now, I think that DraftKings specifically had a big market correction on Marvin Mims. Um, you know, I mentioned last week in one of my articles that, you know, he's kind of been, everybody's wanted him to be the guy ever since Hollywood Brown left, and he has not been that guy. Well, guess what? Now, he finally is that guy. He, had, he scored three touchdowns last week. He was really, really good, and DraftKings, you know, responded by making him the highest-priced receiver on the board. You know, so he's also the primary stacking option with Dylan Gabriel. He is the only guy I would stack with Dylan Gabriel. Maybe I would consider Drake Stoops, but I'm definitely not touching Weiss with like that price tag. Like, just no. Um, so if you're playing Dylan Gabriel, you kind of have to play Marvin Mims too, and that is a lot of salary. Like, you're you're getting a very high floor with those two guys, but that's a lot of salary to eat up on two positions. So I think Marvin Mims is going to have a very good week, especially against that Nebraska defense. But that price tag is a lot to swallow if you're playing him. Now, there are three group of five receivers this week that are their team's target machines. They are their team's red zone targets. They are pretty much just the guy in the receiving room for their teams. And I think they're all playable, especially if you're stacking them. And that is Tucker of Northern Illinois, Corley of Western Kentucky, and Dell of Houston. Those three guys, they're all priced near the top. They all deserve to be there. And I like all three of them this week, especially if you are stacking them with their quarterback. Now, Purdue has, you know, a decently long line of feeding one receiver. Like if you've been following Purdue, you know, they had Rondell Moore who touched the ball seemingly every snap. And then the past two years, it was David Bell who touched the ball every single snap. They seem to have their new guy, and that's Charlie Jones. Um, you know, they're going to be targeting him a lot. I think Purdue is going to be able to put up some points in this game. And Charlie Jones is going to see a ton of targets and a ton of action. So I definitely think he is a viable option as well. Now, Indiana has two guys that I think are worth a flyer. Um, I think they're just worth a chance. You know, there's a chance that they could both go big. There's a chance that they could both not. But these are the two guys that are seeing targets for the Hoosiers. And that is DJ Matthews Jr., He's got a big number of targets, and he scored a touchdown in both their games. I think that Cam Camper, his teammate, the other Indiana receiver, is also playable. He's seen a lot of catches but just hasn't found the end zone. And I think that both those guys, like I said, they're pretty much the only two guys being targeted by the Hoosiers, so they're both worth a look in any lineup that you're making this week. I've been saying for back-to-back weeks now that in terms of Penn State wide receivers, Mitchell Tinsley is the guy you want. He wasn't priced that way at the start of the season, but now he is, and he continues to be their number one in that receiving group. He continues to be their leader in targets. If you're playing a Penn State guy, specifically stacking with Sean Clifford even, Mitchell Tinsley is the guy that I want. Now, Michael Mayer of Notre Dame, elite tight end. Like He's going to be a top 10 draft pick in the next NFL draft, or whenever he can declare. I think it's the next one, but anyway... He has been pretty good for the Irish. He's like their only receiving option. And DraftKings responded this week by adjusting his price tag. FanDuel, the price was already kind of set where it's at. But on DraftKings, they adjusted it. 
but I think he's still playable. Like, you know, backup quarterback Drew Pine is in. You know, what is a backup quarterback's best friend? Throw into your really big, really athletic tight end. Um, so I think that Matt or Michael Mayer is going to be absolutely playable this week. If you want to gamble on that Irish offense and stack him with Drew Pine, I think that's a very viable option. Now, South Alabama, we've talked about multiple times how the South Alabama-UCLA game is going to be a shootout, and they've got a dog in that wide receiver room, and that is Jalen Wayne. He is going to be an option, and no matter what the game script is, whether they're leading or trailing, he's going to see the football. He's seen the football in a blowout win. He's seen the football in a close win. And guess what? If they're throwing and they're throwing, or, or if they're behind and they're throwing it even more, he's going to see the football then too. So I think he's game script proof. I think he's a very good option this week. Uh, and, uh, you know, UCLA is a better team than anybody South Alabama has played. But I think that Jalen Wayne will still be able to get his this week in that receiving core. Now, Antoine Wells against South Carolina or Antoine Wells of South Carolina, excuse me, he had a lot of success against Arkansas. Georgia defense is better than Arkansas. But here's the bottom line. If they're trailing and they're having to throw, all he has to do is catch one long pass and it's going to make your day. Like, I think he's an option for sure, especially in a tournament because he's going to be very lowly owned. Now, he might end the game with an absolute goose egg because he's going up against the Georgia defense. But all it takes is one long bomb for a touchdown, and all of a sudden, he's had a good day. Think like Robbie Anderson for the Carolina Panthers last Sunday. Like, terrible day. But, you know, you catch one 75-yard touchdown, now it's all of a sudden a good day in fantasy. And I think that Antoine Wells has the ability to do that for South Carolina. Now, there is another bargain option that I like, and that is Trey Palmer. He has led Nebraska in targets all three games this season. I expect that to continue. I've said numerous times that that Oklahoma-Nebraska game is going to be very high scoring, and so there's no reason to expect that Trey Palmer is not going to see a lot of targets in that one also. Now, if you're looking for a bargain, like I'm talking about bargain, BYU had their top two receivers, Gunnar Romney and Puka Nakua. They were out for the Baylor game. And so they look like they're going to be out for this one. It's definitely a situation to monitor to see if we get any updates closer to game time. But if those two guys are out, there was one beneficiary last week against Baylor, and that was Chase Roberts. So he's currently $3,200 on DraftKings. So they clearly did not adjust his price as if, you know, you know how much he benefited. He had a really good game against Baylor. And so if Romney and Nakua missed the game again, he's definitely a guy you need to look at, like for sure, especially at that price tag at $3,200. That's going to give you a lot of flexibility, but that's just a situation that needs to be monitored throughout the week. All right, so let's think about building a lineup here for a second. So for building the lineup this week, I really like, I don't know, there's a lot of quarterbacks that I think are viable that are like in the mid-priced range. Like I'm talking like the Dorian Thompson-Robinson, Clayton Toon, Austin Reed, Stetson Bennett, Tom, Casey Thompson and Garrett, Jaywin Daniels, excuse me. So I think that there's a lot of mid-priced quarterbacks this week. I'm not probably going to go all the way up to Dylan Gabriel, especially in a tournament. So I think with those mid-priced cornerback options, what I want to do is I definitely want to stack my quarterback with the running backs. I want to play one of the guys I mentioned. I want somebody that has a high floor. And then at the receiver position, if you know I'm monitoring that Romney and Nakua situation, if I can squeeze Chase Roberts into my lineup, that will allow me to get one of the group of five guys that I talked about, which would be Tucker, Corley, or Dell into my lineup, and that'll give me a lot of upside and a lot of flexibility. So, building the lineup this week, I think the I really think the move is the mid-priced quarterbacks, the mid-priced running backs, try to get a high-priced receiver in there at the end. That that is that is what I'm thinking this week. 
All right, y'all. So it is week three of the college football season. Saturday noon is when these contests will start. So make sure you get your lineups ready. I hope I was able to give you a little bit of help, a little bit of insight and some names to look out for. Thank you guys for listening. Hope I can help you win some money and I will see you next time.